Welcome to Waypoints, the podcast of fly fishing travel, with helpful travel tips, news and events, destination profiles, great stories, and expert advice from seasoned and experienced traveling anglers. This is your backstage pass to the world of fishing travel. Waypoints is fueled by adventure and brought to you by Yellow Dog Fly Fishing, a hands-on specialty travel and booking company that delivers the industry's very best insider knowledge, logistical support, and trip preparation. Freshwater or saltwater, international or domestic, Yellow Dog has you covered. And now your host, Yellow Dog founder and director, Jim Klug. Welcome back to Waypoints. Well, we are in the middle of some pretty interesting times here in America. Working from home, maintaining our social distances, sheltering in place, and not traveling to fish. Damn it! But, uh, you know, that is largely a first world problem. And one that we can deal with in the short term, certainly. Uh, We are seeing that every industry and every small business in the world of fishing and outdoor recreation and well beyond all have been face punched by this pandemic. And the reality is setting in that the bounce back and recovery period is probably going to take some time. As I often do with the opening here on Waypoints, I'm going to throw in a couple of disclaimers as we start this episode. So first off, we're doing the show at the height of the pandemic and what is basically a nationwide lockdown here in the U.S. And of course, we're all aware that things are changing on a daily and even hourly basis. That means that there will be somewhat of a timestamp on some of the things that we're going to talk about. Some of the info and facts that we're including in the show may be out of date or different in the weeks and months ahead. And God willing, things will be different, hopefully in an improved way. But we need to remember that this too shall pass. We're hearing that a lot lately. But while we're waiting this out, we're going to continue to record new episode in the weeks ahead because we figure that if everyone is sheltering in place anyway, then we may as well continue to deliver new quarantine chronicle waypoints episodes as a way for the traveling angler to stay connected to the world of fishing. So the second thing I want to say as we get started is that we're going to have some very open discussions about how this situation has and will change the world of destination angling, what businesses and fly fishing operations are doing to survive, and how our lodges, agents, and traveling anglers are handling things and behaving. Uh, We'll talk about the conduct and expectations that can be detrimental and damaging to the fly fishing community and to the network of destinations and lodges that so many of us love and care about. And just maybe a few of the things that my guests have to say and some of our conversations on this program today will remind anglers and travelers that as big as this thing has become, that we are all in this together. Now, if you're listening to this show, chances are good you are an angler. And beyond that, you're likely someone who travels to fish, seeking out and always looking forward to the next journey and the next great adventure. You're probably someone who loves the places that fishing takes us, and you likely care about the people that you meet along these journeys. We're talking about all of the guides and the lodge employees that you've met and come to know over the years the hostess in the lodge dining room that brings you that first cup of hot coffee each morning, your flats guide who over the years has transitioned from a patient instructor to a trusted friend, and of course the bartender that's waiting for you with a cold drink when you walk off the skiff at the end of the day, more than ready to listen to your BS as you recount your stories of 
angling glory. There are so many people that we meet and spend time with all over the world that collectively are the fly fishing industry, the very fabric of destination travel and angling. We all know that fly fishing is a small sport and a relatively small business, but most of all, it's a small community. So I'm lucky enough to be joined today in our temporary outside recording studios with plenty of social distancing and separation by two good friends, seasoned veterans in the fly fishing industry and a couple of guys that always have their fingers on the pulse of not only the sport itself, but also on the business of fishing and destination angling. My first guest today is Ben Bulis, the president of the American Fly Fishing Trade Association, better known as AFTA. Ben has been the president and CEO of AFTA since the spring of 2012, and under his leadership, the association has grown to record levels. A native of New Hampshire, Ben now lives in Bozeman, Montana with his family. My second guest today is Brian Gregson, a legendary fishing photographer and world traveler. Also based in Bozeman, Brian travels the globe working on assignments in some of the most remote corners of the planet. Known for his unique vision and storytelling abilities, Brian is the humbled recipient of numerous awards and his work has been featured in publications and ad campaigns for Patagonia, Volvo, Nat Geo, Yellow Dog, 3M, The Drake, countless magazines, ads, and film projects. Brian has been there, done that, and certainly photographed it. So guys, welcome to the show and thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having us, Jim. Thanks, Jim. It's a little cold out here in Montana, but we're doing this outside to be uh, responsible and, and follow the rules and appreciate you guys sitting here with me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so, thank you. Ben Bulis, let me get started with you. Uh, tell us and give our listeners a, a quick rundown of what AFTA does and what the organization's mission is. So AFTA is the uh, sole trade association for the fly fishing industry. Um, we have members across the country in all 50 states and, and to be honest with you, across the globe. Um, many of the lodges that you, you referred to before are members of AFTA and uh, they've been longtime supporters of the association. So AFTA's goal or, or mission is to, uh, is to guide the sustainable growth of the fishing industry through trade development and stewardship. And the, we have two uh, pillars that we kind of always fall back upon to make sure that we're doing our job correctly. And so we do that by advocating for the fly fishing industry and empowering our members to improve their businesses through collaboration, education, and building community. And then the second one, which is you know near and dear to all of our heart here, is advocating for healthy fisheries. Well, well, that's great. And in full transparency, I was a board member on AFTA for about seven years. So, um, you know, it's an important organization. Most of our listeners, Ben, uh, are, are travelers. They're recreational fishermen. They're not necessarily in the business of fly fishing, but they certainly depend, even if they're kind of unaware of it sometimes, on this tight-knit industry and this infrastructure that is the business of fly fishing. And I want to come back and, and talk with you more about what you're hearing from all the fly shops around the countries, the manufacturers, reps, guides, domestic outfitters from all across the country. But first, I want to turn to Brian here and, and ask about some of your recent travels. BG, you just made it home from what was pretty much the last flight out of Argentina as this entire coronavirus tsunami hit us all a couple weeks ago. I think in, in talking with you and, and texting that day, you were literally like on the last flight out of Buenos Aires. I believe I had got, actually got the last plane seat out of BA. <laughs> that must have been kind of an interesting trip. You were down there for like a month working, visiting lodges, photographing. All was normal. All, you know, all systems go when you went down there. No big deal. 
you come home a month later. What was it like coming back to the States? You know, it, it was kind of hard to get a grasp on what was actually happening. We're in a very rural area and the local police department came to the lodge and they started asking basically how long we've we been there for. And I had a passport stamp. I'd been there since the 2nd of February and they wanted an itinerary of everybody who'd been there, where they're from. And at the, up until this point, I had no news of what was going on. So once we had that, we started investigating a little bit. I wasn't really too worried, to be honest with you. Uh, we finished up our work there and went to the next lodge. And that's kind of when things were kind of getting a little spicy. Um, their government basically made an, a, a point to tell all U.S. citizens to leave. And we had two days to get out of town. And luckily, I got a plane ticket and got out of there um i had pretty easy sailing coming home i mean the the plane internationally was packed but once i got to the u.s i mean it was very spatially seated uh which was nice um i heard horror stories of tsa checkpoints taking six hours eight hours we got to atlanta and i mean it was five five minutes max yeah but entering a very different world than the one you left yeah for sure i mean it was it was at the time in buenos aires it wasn't really um panic mode yet um i just knew i was in a city of 20 million people i just wanted to kind of get home to montana which is nice and quiet and then once you got to the u.s you definitely felt a little more um more antsy well it's been interesting i mean you think back to the beginning of march when really all this kind of hit heavy here in the states and here we are now you know only a handful of weeks later the beginning of april how much has changed right just a few short weeks it went from not really anybody to worry to a major concern Absolutely. Um, so let me ask you a few questions, Jim, um, specific to destination angling. Uh, what are you seeing from the Yeldox perspective? Well, as I said, it's been an interesting month. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, like everyone in, in destination angling, we've, we've been crushed as a business. Um, and, you know, the, we've literally sat here and watched the travel industry as a whole collapse. Um, you know, and, and I don't, you know, pretend that we've got it worse than anyone else. I mean, small businesses all over the country are suffering. Most of the people who are going to be listening to this episode are suffering and they've been impacted by it. I think in the beginning, a lot of us, you know, watched the news and thought, okay, you know, maybe this is a little bit like a, you know, a big winter weather event and it's going to take a, a few weeks and then we'll be on to the next big event. You know, that's kind of the American mindset in a lot of ways, but now it's really sunk in that, man, this is, this is something the likes of which, hasn't been seen in generations we've never seen it in our lifetime certainly and and hopefully never will again although you know who knows <laughs> but yeah it's it's been a difficult time um for the travel industry and it's been a very stressful time for for the traveling angler i mean there are so many people that during this spring season you now this is when people head to the saltwater we have had hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of trips that have been impacted in this quarter alone and so we've got everybody that's had their you know, trip planned to the Seychelles or the tail end down in Patagonia uh, or you know, the beginning of the Bahamas and Belize season when things really ramp up and start to get busy. All of those trips have been impacted. They've all been canceled. And again, because it's such an unprecedented time, all of the lodges and the outfitters and, and the business of fly fishing travel is scrambling to try to figure out how to deal with this in a way that allows a lot of these independent businesses to survive and right. and that's the bottom line it you know everyone is very much in survival mode right now and and you know again we're we're not reading off a script we're in uncharted waters here and and 
everybody is trying to figure it out as it continues to develop. Yeah, it's definitely difficult times for everybody. How are the um, how are the destinations and the fishing lodges doing with all this? Or better yet, can you give us a little status report for the destination angling as a whole? Well, you know, that's a great question, Brian. And um, no one is is faring well right now. And I guess what I would say is, you know, put it in the perspective of a lodge, let's say, you know, in Belize, for example. Um, the way it works when someone books a trip, and I think this is worth mentioning, is let's say you decide you want to go bone fishing in Belize. You got your group of buddies. So it might be eight months out, might be... 15 months out, you look at your calendars, you pick your dates, you want the great guides, you want, you know, good moon phases, good tides, you want all the conditions. And so you do your job as a traveling angler to start your planning early, you commit to the dates, and then you pay what is typically a 50% deposit that goes down to reserve your spots and reserve and hold your guides. Uh, At that point in time, let's say you book through Yellow Dog or another agent, we take that entire deposit and that gets sent to the lodges, right? They have all that money. Now, the lodge uses that money for operations to get them going for the season, you know, for new gear, new equipment, maybe new boats for the guides. They stock up for the season ahead. They've basically spent that money to ramp things up for the coming busy season. Well, what's happened now is they've lost this entire season, okay? And so they're trying to figure out how to offer fair solutions to customers in a way that allows them to stay in business. And a lot of people, I I think, aren't always aware of how this works, but we've dealt with a a lot of clients say, well, clearly I I can't go on my Belize trip in in late March, so um, I just need a refund. I want my money back and I want to be made whole in this whole situation. And and we get it, you know, as a booking agent, we get it. Our job is to look out for and protect the interests of the traveling angler. They're our clients, we're their agent, and that's our job is to look out for them. But the reality is that the terms and conditions and the way this is dealt with is dictated by the lodges and the outfitters. They set the terms. And when they're looking at a a situation where they can't possibly survive if they just issue sweeping refunds, they have in turn had to basically adapt their terms and say, well, we can't give a refund. And most of them have those terms and conditions in place anyway, right? You know, maybe they've dealt with hurricanes before. They've dealt with airline strikes, whatever it is. They're typically covered with with terms and conditions that protect them, but they're literally saying, look, we can't give refunds. It's just, it's not even in the the realm of possibility here. We can't even discuss it. It's not going to happen. What we can do is look at rolling your dates forward. We can talk about giving a trip credit of some sort. Now, in turn, the traveling angler is saying, well, well, hold on. You know, this isn't my fault. I just want to be made whole. I just need a refund and we're all good. But the reality is, is in, in, with very few exceptions, that's just not going to happen. And, and, you know, those people say, well, that's, that's not fair. And, you know, at this point, after dealing with, you know, a month of cancellation calls and, and trying to find solutions, you know, the reality is it's not fair. We get it. It's not fair for anybody. And I think what people are starting to realize in the beginning they were like, well, I just want to be made whole. I don't want to have to feel the pain or share the pain in this. I just need my money back and I'm good. But people are starting to understand that really no one's going to be made whole in this and everyone's going to have to share the pain a little bit. So Jim, is the uh, uh, from your client's perspective that you speak with, do a lot of them don't understand or have a misconception of where that money goes and, and how it gets utilized? Do they, they think that you guys are holding on to this? And what about uh, trip insurance? Well, two really good questions. Ben, I'll answer your question first. 
I think a lot of people were kind of unaware of, of how that works. And, and oftentimes when you have a, a conversation with them and you explain it to them and talk about, you know, the operating costs for the year ahead for these lodges, the fact that this money gets pushed forward, just like it does with so many small businesses, people begin to understand. The trip insurance question, Brian, is a great one because here's the dynamic of how it works. All right. Again, you book your trip well in advance. You get, you know, great guides, great dates. You get your deposit in on time. Your, your, your trip is secured. And because the lodge and because an agent like Yellow Dog, we really push the benefits of having trip insurance to protect your investment. You say, okay, I'll buy a trip insurance policy. So you as the traveling angler have done everything right. Okay. You've done everything the way you're supposed to do it. And, and, you know, all of a sudden what's happening now is we're seeing a lot of trip insurance companies say, well, yeah, but in the fine print down at the very bottom of, you know, page 19 of your policy, it says we don't cover pandemics, fear of travel, you know, this type of cataclysmic world event. Um, sorry, but that's not a covered reason. And again, that's really not fair. But I go back to the point where six months ago, if I had said, hey, Ben or hey, Brian, um, here's a trip insurance policy. It covers you against hurricanes, airlines not flying, uh, the lodge going broke and closing, you know, big time weather events, uh, you getting hurt, not being able to go on your trip, your business reasons that preclude you from going on this trip. You know, here's 18 things it does cover you for. Um, you'd say, OK, well, that that covers just about everything. I say, but you know, it doesn't cover against worldwide pandemics. Well, okay. Well, what are the odds that that's going to happen? Right. You would right. go ahead with it anyway. But the sad reality is now people are feeling really frustrated because trip insurance is not providing the solutions that we all anticipated it would. Yeah. It seems like we're all in this boat together, like it or not. It gets back to what we, we said a minute ago. You know, everyone is feeling the pain on this and everyone is going to have to take a little bite of that sandwich, unfortunately. Yeah, and I'm just as guilty as someone, as some of your clients. I mean, I've been on a dozen yellow dog trips, and I see that, you know, insurance that comes through, and I'm like, travel insurance, trip insurance? And I think I purchased it once when we went to uh, Christmas Island the first time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it's still a great thing to have because... Oh, without the, a doubt. The chances of, of something slightly more routine than the coronavirus pandemic happening, you know, those odds are very good. You know, we talk to people all the time. Hey, I'm supposed to leave on my trip tomorrow. You know, my son had an injury in little league and broke his ankle. I don't think I can go on this trip. Boom covered, you know, again, job related, you know, a, a hurricane that hits the Caribbean, you know, those are covered reasons. And so trip insurance makes sense, but getting back to what we said a few minutes ago, uncharted waters here. And a lot of people are realizing that, that, pandemics are not necessarily covered with, with a whole lot of these policies. But, you know, I, I would say that the lodges are doing their best to stay in business, Brian, to your question. Um, sadly, I think when all of this is said and done, and Ben, I'm going to ask you more about this here in a few minutes with regards to other entities in the fly fishing industry. But sadly, I think we are going to see lodges that close and, and outfitting operations that go out of business and, and other fly fishing related businesses that are not here when we all emerge from this. I think that's a reality. Um, it's one of the reasons the government's scrambling to try to give trillions of dollars away. But keep in mind, if, if you're a lodge in Belize or the Bahamas or Argentina or the Seychelles or Honduras, there's no government bailout. No right. one is, is yeah. coming to yeah. save you. Um, and so these guys are just trying to figure out how to survive. And, and what I'm telling people is, you know, let's take a step back and realize the importance of having this infrastructure. Again, 
you're probably listening to the show because you love the places that fishing takes you. And it's important to all of us that these places are here when this ends and passes. And we know it will, you know, a lot of question about how long that's going to take, but we want that infrastructure there on the other side, because this is what we love to do. And we need those businesses to survive. And, and really that's what it gets down to the, 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 terms that they're offering the rollover solutions and future trip credit solutions you know a lot of them are far from perfect there's no doubt about it but you know they're trying their best to survive just like everybody with a small business is right now yeah and the, and those people too that's our community right those are our friends and essentially they've become our families yeah absolutely i mean yeah we're all in it together yeah. like it or not no matter where we're at in the world yeah fly fishing is a, is a small community you're absolutely right ben and you tend to know a lot of these people and i i talk to our clients about this that have been, you know, impacted. And, and, you know, there is some levels of frustration with people. And again, we get it because it isn't fair, but you know, we start talking about their favorite guide. You know, there's a reason you booked them 18 months out because it's so important for you to fish with that guide and, and think about what they're going through right now. Their seasons are gone. Their lodges are closed. They don't have, you yeah, know, they're dev- it's devastating, devastating Absolutely. In, in every sense of the, of the word. Have you guys uh, heard that recent uh, fly fishing public service announcement announcement from um, from Andy Mills, the tarpon guide? Yeah, I, I have, and, and I would encourage people if you haven't listened to it, it's like a seventy second deal. It's, it's awesome. It's really quick. Yeah. If you go on the Yellow Dog site, there's a we have a whole COVID nineteen page in the main menu, and we posted this. And uh, I want to talk about that on the back end, but let's let's listen to Andy's public service announcement right now because I I think it it speaks to and really hits home on some of these things we're talking about. Let's give it a quick listen. Hello, everybody. I hope this public service announcement doesn't fall upon deaf ears. And I'm speaking out right now on behalf of all the guides around this country and around the world, for that matter, because a lot of anglers are having to cancel that fishing trip. Uh, Let's not forget that these guides cannot rebook right now because there is no travel and everybody's being canceled. And let's, too, not forget that these guides really provide a great service in the fact that they take us into their little paradise, uh, of special flora and fauna and tides and, and a fishery that we all are captivated by. And they make our lives so much better when we are in their presence on their boats for that period of time. So what I want to do right now is ask all of you anglers out there, if you have had to cancel your trip, take a closer look at your pocketbook and see whether or not you can send them that check. Because um, right now it's a very crucial, important time for these guys. Again, they cannot rebook. And they, this window gets them through the whole year. This next phase of this spring and summer is so important. So if you can't afford the, the full check, maybe 50%, give something. Let's stand together as brothers and sisters and do the right thing. So that was Andy Mill. A lot of you guys know him as a legendary tarpon angler, a big tournament uh, saltwater angler, and somebody who's been in the industry a long time. He's got a lot of relationships, a lot of connections, and, and he loves our sport, and he, he uh, really has a connection to that community we're talking about. And, and I think he puts out a lot of wise words there yeah, about, about thinking about uh, you know, everyone who's being impacted. Yeah, he's a smart guy. He's been around the block. He's been in it for a long time. Yeah, and, and I commend Andy for, for putting that out there. Absolutely. We've had a lot of people that have, have been upset. And when we've said, hey, you know, check out this you know, service announcement from Andy and see what you think. And, and they've, they've called back and said, you know what? That is spot on. That is really good. And, you know, we're all pretty freaked out by this deal. We're all overwhelmed. 
And on top of that, we're all locked in our homes with, (laughs) you know, for, for endless weeks. And so, you know, tensions are high and nerves are frayed and and people are frustrated. We get that. You know, the other thing too, I I think a lot of like the angling public don't realize how small of a community and how small of an industry the fly fishing industry really is. And to have Andy come out and and, make a statement like that, it's very empowering. That's right. Well, you know, we talked about the the many traveling anglers um, who have lost trips, have had trips delayed, canceled, rescheduled by this, you know, and they're frustrated by an inability to travel and and the fact that not every independent lodge or, or small business or outfitter can, can make them whole on a, a lost trip. And, you know, what we're telling people, one, you know, when you book through an agent like Yellow Dog, we're, our job is to find solutions and we're working on it. And and they're not immediate. You know, sometimes we're saying, well, look, be patient. Give us time. We're not going to forget that we need to, you know, find a solution and, and continue to improve that solution the best we can. And and that's all we're working on right now. I mean, that is our sole focus. We, we are no longer at this point in time for the foreseeable future. We're not a booking company anymore. We are a cancellation bureau because <laughs> right. people aren't taking trips right now they're they're scrambling to reschedule and and cancel and rebook trips for the future but we get it we're trying to provide those solutions but what i would tell people are are you know a couple of important things one is is be patient because um you know none of us saw this coming and everybody is is trying to do the right thing and find answers that that take care of of customers and clients because without the customers and clients there on the other side, you know, there's no point in, in working hard to save a business, right? You, right, you got to right, yeah. be able to depend on those customers when we emerge from this. But, you know, be patient. Know that nobody is is trying to be difficult or, or trying not to provide acceptable solutions. And, you know, the other thing that I've said a lot is be kind. You know, Brian, you said it a minute ago. We're all in this together. And, and be nice. Be decent. Remember that you know, this is fly fishing and yeah, your vacation time is so important and your trip investment oftentimes is significant and it means something. And I wouldn't for a second, you know, make light of that or say that that's not important, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, look at what's going on in the rest of the world. You know, imagine what, you know, some of these first responders and hospital workers are doing. Imagine how frustrating it must be to try to source PPE and, and stay ahead of this unbelievable curve that's going on right now. I mean, those are the, the big problems. Yes. At the end of the day, this is fishing. Correct. And and while the trips and the trip investments and the reservations are so important to everyone that loves to travel, you know, this will be here when it's all said and done. And the lodges and the booking agents and the guides and the outfitters are going to do their very best to provide acceptable solutions. But be patient and be kind, and let's not forget about that. Yeah, empathy goes a long way. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we, we kind of uh, need to be more responsible and be nicer and more compassionate. Everybody's in, in a giant mess. We're just lucky we're in Montana at this point. Yeah, and, and you know, it's been interesting, Brian, to that point, is that, you know, four weeks ago, even three weeks ago, we saw a lot of people coming in pretty hot on this. And, and again, I don't blame them. I mean, this is, is scary. It's frustrating. And, and I think people were not really understanding about the fact that they might not be made whole or might not get exactly what they want. But now a few weeks have gone by and I, I have seen everybody really calm down and people are being nicer and they're getting it. You know, we were having, you know, a handful of clients that were calling, into yellow dog pretty hot and three weeks later that 
client calls back and says, you know what? I, I'm not calling for any reason other than just see how you guys are doing. And we hope you're okay. We hope you're staying safe. And, and uh, hey, fishing will be here. I get it. Um, so thanks. And I have seen this massive swing in that patient's level and the fact that people now understand, well, this is a little bigger than we thought it might have been in the beginning. Yeah, it's, it's enormous. Well, Ben, I want to shift directions just a little bit. Yeah. And I want to talk to you about some of the specific businesses in the fly fishing industry. Uh, and let me ask you about what you're hearing and the reports that you've been receiving as, as you know, the president of AFTA. Uh, first off, we all know that the specialty fly shops all throughout our country, that these, these retailers, these, these shops, they are the backbone of this sport. How are the retailers that you've been talking to over these past few weeks, how are they faring? I mean, March was obviously tough, but what's going on with some of these shops? Yeah, Jim, thanks. And you're hundred percent correct. The fly fishing retailers are the heart, you know, the backbone and the heartbeat of our industry. And, and that's a, it's a difficult question to answer because it depends on which state you're in. Um, each state has different rules and it, depending upon what the governor has come down with, you know, shelter in place, or even if fishing in a state is considered an essential business, there are some states where that is considered a uh, fishing is considered essential. Um, you're not going to get any argument from the listeners. Y- on yeah, this show. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I know that. Um, <laughs> so, and like I said, it just depends on which state you're from. So like here in Montana, our, our governor put in a, um, a shelter in place and all non-essential businesses have to close. So what that means for a fly shop here in Montana is that you can't even do curbside pickup any longer at your, at your uh, business, but you still can do online sales and ship it. Now we at AFTA just today, about two hours ago, sent a letter to all 50 governors across the country um, asking them to reevaluate what is considered essential. Because as we all know, the great outdoors is, is one of the best remedies, you know, for people that are stuck inside and, you know, mental well-being. So even if they can allow um, fishing retailers to do curbside pickup, I mean, it's there are ways to do it that you will not be, you know, spreading this disease uh, or virus, excuse me. Um, so there's, there's ways of, you know, someone calls in and orders something, they package it up, you know, those fly shop owner, worker, whoever's in there um, and is adhering to the CDC requirements. Um, you can wipe it down with Clorox wipes and put it out on a, on a, uh, a table and then um, the, the customer can come up and pick it up and then you can wipe down that table again. So there are ways around it. And so we would hope that that is uh, what what will eventually happen because it is important for and, them. And you nailed it. I mean, and again, different states, different situations. I've talked to a lot of clients that are literally stuck on the 28th floor of their, you know, high rise apartment building in Chicago and they're, you know, or New York, and they're not necessarily getting outside, but a lot of the country can. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing where you can, you know, get away from people get outside. It's so important for mental health, for physical health. And, and we've talked a lot about this last few weeks, you know, the, the social distancing regulations of six feet, I think soon to go to 10 feet. But I mean, fly fishing is the original social distancing pastime. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're not going to be within 10 feet of another angler. I mean, you're outraged yeah. if you're within, you know, hundred yards of another angler. I mean, so. even, even from the guiding aspect of it, if you're on a walkway, there's ways to still social distance. I mean, heck, I mean, yeah, for sure. Um, Absolutely. You need, you know, I'll meet you at the uh, boat ramp. Yeah. I'll meet you at the boat ramp. You're I'll not stay over here. Bring your own food. We're not going to touch anything. Mm-hmm. There's ways to wipe everything down. You can even wear gloves if you have to. Um, right. 
and and then if if a if a customer needs a, a new leader or a tippet, I mean, like you said, it is the ultimate social distancing sport. You just put the rod down, you're ten feet away, exactly, and you can you can help your client out. I mean, so there's ways around it, and I think I think that's something that we um, need to explore to make sure that, like you said, these guides and outfitters and these fly shops are uh, are still here in well, the future. And crazy times. I read the other day that Washington State closed all recreational fishing. I read that too. Yeah, they did. And, you know, I know for me personally, we're still kind of in the midst of winter here in Montana. One sunny day followed by seven inches of snow the next. But, you know, three times over the last 10 days, I've been able to take my kids out to the Gallatin or the Madison, you know, do our thing. We're not around other people, but thank God we have that resource. And I mean, it's really helping right now. Yeah. I mean, even you don't even have to even, you know, go into the convenience store you can get things delivered to your house as far as food and groceries right. go That's right. and then buy your license it, online buy your license online yeah. and if you need to get fuel you wear gloves yeah i mean that's right there's ways around it any any positives you're hearing from any of your retail shops ben i mean anybody has anybody come up with like cool and innovative ways to get through this or to help protect their business and and most importantly service their customers yeah um um you know Brian and Colby Troll well. Yeah, Mossy Creek Fly Mossy Shop Creek in Virginia, in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Yeah, they had a, a really cool thing that was they were um, doing at their sh- shop, and it was a drive through drive up window. So it was uh, reminiscent of you know that opening scene in Caddyshack when uh, oh God, I forget his name, but the the bald guy or the bad guy was behind the window, and he, you know the other kid asked for a coke, and he said it's three twenty five, and he's like, no, I'm not paying for that. He's like, well, no coke for you, and so it was kind of looked similar. It was red. Uh, their building is red, and they had a, w- a window open, and somebody was standing there. So they've been. I don't think that they can do that anymore, but they can still do curbside pickup. They have one person in the shop uh, at a time, and they're Cloroxing everything every day, and so. Um, you know, that, that employee's in there for like 12 hours, um, pulling flies and leader and whatever else, you know, stringing up, you know, reels. Um, so they're still, uh, out there, you know, doing, doing well. Um, the same, you know, here in Montana, I talked to a couple of retailers, they're still doing online sales. It's nothing like it was before, but I will say that Jim, to your point where people are kind of, you know, understanding and being compassionate now, those, uh, those retailers, their their clients are understanding of what's going on. Well, that's good to hear. And and you know, we're we're hearing a lot about, for instance, the restaurant industry, which is getting gutted. They, yeah. I read a, a statistic that said, you know, one in three restaurants will not survive this. They will be out of business. Could be higher. Yeah. But they're trying to get innovative with gift cards and takeout orders and whatnot. And and you know, they say, hey, if you love a restaurant, make a point of supporting them. And the same thing goes for a fly shop. If you love your fly shop, do that online order. You know, uh, maybe step up and buy that rod or, or that new pair of waders that you were maybe waiting on because that'll help. That'll help them get through this. Oh, well, and, and a lot of the manufacturers also have lowered their prices. Well, and, and I want to ask about that, too. So manufacturers, mm-hmm. that's a whole different ball game than the fly shops. How are they faring through all this? Again, it depends on which state you're in. Um, uh, all of the major rod manufacturers have ceased production um, that I've spoken to. Um but they're still, they have a supply. They have enough supply on hand that they can ship out to those retailers. A lot of them that I've spoken to, um, I spoke to John uh, Wollstenholme this morning from Thomas and Thomas, and they're thinking about just doing a drop shipment where, you know, the retailer, somebody buys it, 
um, the retailer you know puts in the order and they're just going to ship it directly to the customer and the shop is still going to get credit for that sale and just to keep everybody in business that's awesome yeah we're all in this together and and we were talking uh, a little bit earlier today guys about some of these fly fishing manufacturers that actually pivoted into um, providing PPE and medical gear uh, when it's so needed right now. Uh, and they have that ability. We've seen it with a lot of different types of manufacturing from the auto companies on down that are basically saying, hey, we need to help with this effort. Um, Brian, you were talking earlier, uh, Echo Fly Rods, Ray Jeff, those guys have been have been doing it. Yeah, I saw Tim uh, making stuff with this 3D printer, um, awesome. some sort of um, breathing device that you can add your filters in. I thought it was awesome. Sims is doing the same thing, Ben. Yeah, the benefit of you know made in America waiters, right? They're they've got the the skills there and the people to produce. Um, they're producing um, Gore-Tex gowns for hospitals. Wow. I mean, I talked to Casey That's Walsh awesome. from Sims earlier today, and I didn't know that, and he he mentioned that. So, I mean, and they're providing again, hundreds of these things, thousands, thousands, thousands. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to. He said this is our first week, and I think he said that they're trying to produce a thousand this week and then ramp it up next week and so again you know storied brand in the fly fishing industry made in america you know it's it's uh they're doing everything that they possibly can to help as well well i think a lot of people are stepping up right now it's good to see um and you know you, you certainly want to see these businesses survive this because it is that infrastructure that is anglers we all depend on you know, yes. whether we're aware of it or not. Right. You know, the one thing that it, I thought was really cool that came out from this CARES Act was that, you know, independent outfitters and guides as a um, independent, you weren't eligible for um, um, the payroll protection. Payroll protection. Right. Yeah. And they put that in there that they are eligible for that. So it's great to see that. As, independent as an independent yeah. contractor, you can get unemployment benefits. That's good. Well, let's ask about this. You know, we deal with a lot of lodges, guides, and outfitters all over the world at Yellow Dog, but there are a ton of domestic guides, independent contractors, outfitters that are AFTA members. What are you hearing from these guys? You know, it, it, it all depends where they're located regionally right now. Like, as we know, here in Montana, we're still, like you said, seven inches of snow, you know, 50 degrees one day. Season and really hasn't started. No, yet. it hasn't really started yet. But they, they're, they're getting some cancellations now. There's no doubt about it. But... Our friends in the southeast, they're just devastated. hammered, devastated. Yeah, all the, all the tarpon guides and the Keys yeah. and throughout Florida, they've, they've lost their season. It's yeah. part of the travel industry, right? I mean, yep. there are people travel to go down there, and they're just it's, they're getting decimated. I mean, cancellations after cancellations. And, <sighs> and people don't realize, again, that um, the industry is really small. And if you've got that personal relationship with that guide, I mean, I've Bruce Chard, for instance, talked to him the other day when I'm great guide. You know, he's been guiding for what, 25 years, 30 years. Yeah. Down in Florida, down in Florida. Um, his, he's calling his clients and talking to him and some of them he's been fishing for 30 years and they get it and they understand. And you know, it's not a fishing guide. It's that family member who's pulling you and one of your good friends. Yeah. And we, uh, we've seen a number of such amazing, um, examples of, of doing right by your guide. We had a, a couple that was booked back to El Pescador in Belize, uh, a couple weeks ago, they couldn't go, but they, you know, every year they go down, they fish with their same guide, Cesar down there the whole time. Um, they, you know, rolled the trip over, but they scratched a check, sent it to us and asked us to get it to the lodge for the full tip of what that week would have been. Wow. That's awesome. And it gets back to what Andy Mill said a couple minutes ago in, in the piece that we just played. Um, you know, not everybody is in a position to 
eat a guide trip or, or, you know, God forbid, eat a, a bone fishing week somewhere, right. yeah. you know, a lodge package. But some people are. And, you know, if you have that economic wherewithal to maybe do something kind for a guide or an outfitter or even the lodge staff, um, you know, that's, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be remembered. And, you know, that brings up an interesting thing because luckily like 90% of the people we've been dealing with throughout all this have been very, very kind and understanding and patient, but you know, we've dealt with, with some difficult people too. Um, but you know, it, and somebody asked me the other day, it's like, Oh, you know, are, are you, are you keeping a list? Are you keeping a list of like, you know, the people that are difficult and, and are you going to remember this? And, and my response is I am keeping a list, but it's, it's not that list. I'm keeping a list of the people that are unbelievably kind and caring and considerate. And I can tell you that's something, you know, in 20 years of business, I've been building up this company. I will never forget that. And moving forward, I can tell you when those people call, you know, they are going to be taken care of and that will always, always be remembered. I mean, I've, I've almost been brought to tears by some of these acts of kindness, um, that, that people have demonstrated and, you know, this isn't over and it's probably yeah. going to get a bit worse. And yeah, so for sure, again, the importance of, of doing that and those little things, it really, really adds up. So there's a, a, a really interesting, um, story that's happening right now. Um, a gentleman by the name of Cody Richardson, Cody's fish. Yeah. He's out of Wyoming. Yeah. I think I, is that the guy that does the, he does the license plate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw him on uh, major network. I think he was on Tucker Carlson picture. Right. Up. How awesome. Um, so what he's doing is, is if you purchase a, uh, a piece of artwork from him, he is going to put 30, you get to choose as the customer, your favorite guide. And he is going to cut a check for 30% of the artwork and send it to that guide. That's, That's awesome. awesome. What's yeah. the name of this company, Ben? It's called Cody's Fish. Cody's Fish. You yep. can Google it, license plate art. Yeah. I've got one hanging inside by the office that, that is just awesome. He does great work. And we're seeing a lot of examples of that. And again, that's where the, the fly fishing community is, is rallying together to try to take care of their own. And it's a great opportunity for, for anglers, destination anglers, people that love this sport to, to get involved and make a difference. Yeah. For sure. Well, I, I have a big question for you, Ben. And, and, I know this is hard to answer, but in your opinion, how does this whole thing end up for the business of fly fishing? You know, what does the near future and the year ahead look like for all of these small businesses within fly fishing? Um, it is a tough question and it's a tough question for a couple of reasons. First, it's, you know, our friends that are, a lot of them might not be here after this is all done. Um, but I think it all depends what happens in the next month. Um, depending upon, you know, how this virus spreads uh, or if it doesn't spread anymore um, and we're able to get back to normal. Um, I don't believe that to be the true, what's going to happen. Um, just what I've seen on TV and what I read, but um, we will survive this. The, the fly fishing industry will survive. It it's might look, the landscape might look completely different, but I mean, we will still come back and we will be fishing again at some point in time in the future. I mean, uh, I, I don't know what to think. It's, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if anybody knows what it's going to look like any industry for that matter, but we are resilient. We've gone through, um, major catastrophes in the past, whether if it's financial or, you know, September 11th, um, and, and the industry has bounced back and it bounces back stronger than it was before. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think there's, 
there's two kind of interesting things to talk about related to that. One is, you know, you take a fishery like the Florida Keys or some of the rivers in the U.S. West or even the flats in the Caribbean, and you rest them for half a year or yeah. an entire busy season. Imagine what that fishing is going to be like the year. You know, Aaron uh, Adams from BTT just did a whole article about this. Really? About I mean, what the, uh, you know, what to expect when this is said and done from the fishery just in the Keys alone for tarpon. So, you know, there's not a lot of silver linings right now, but that might be one of them. But the second thing I, I would mention is, you know, we talked a few minutes ago about the importance of getting outside and still being able to fish. You know, if this doesn't show you the importance of public lands and access, access right. and the ability to get out and enjoy these places, and, and uh, you know, I don't know what does. And, and that is obviously a, a hot topic in politics these days. And it seems like something that as anglers, uh, both as recreational anglers or if you're in the business of fishing, it's something we're constantly having to battle, right? We're constantly having to step up and speak out for these resources and for public lands. And my God, this shows you the importance. If, if nothing else does, this certainly does. Yeah, this is, you know, as an American, it's your birthright. I mean, you get to go out and, pub and recreate on your land that, you know, you own. Absolutely. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. And now more so than ever, I yeah, think. I, yeah, I agree. Well, Brian, let me shift gears a little bit and come back to you on this. So one thing that we know is that pretty much all of America is stuck inside right now for the most part. You know, a lot of screen time now and in the weeks ahead. Uh, can fly fishermen who are cooped up and unable to take that big trip that they were looking forward to or even get out on the water in some of these, you know, big cities and some of these urban areas, you know, can they find some solace or a possible escape online right now? Talk to us a little bit about the resources that are out there. And if you're a, a homebound, frustrated angler, what can you do to kind of keep that stoke alive? I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of content being made right now. And there's, to be honest, there's been a lot of content throughout the last 10 years, um, whether we've been too busy to actually see any of that and been out uh, experiencing angling for ourselves um, or seen it. But yeah, there's there's tons and tons and tons. Um, the fly tires have, they're always the unsung hero. Um, it's the, they're the masses, but they have some awesome, awesome tutorials, Instagram live feeds. Um, it's very personable. Some of the big names that you've always heard of are, are now just sitting at home too, just like you. Um, there's a lot of big companies that have released films. Um, I know Confluence Films is, has or is going to be releasing some of those films. I know that Red Gold from Felt Soul Media was released. Um, I know that there's stuff from uh, all kinds of stuff on Amazon Prime too. Yeah, and, and even movies that might be five, ten years old are now being re-released, exactly. made accessible, free downloads, right. that kind of thing that, that can uh, help you feed the fix. You know, it's been cool, too, that I've seen a lot of manufacturers in the industry have now been doing, like, daytime Facebook Live and talk about, you know, rod design and how they got to this rod and, you know, the evolution of their series of lines and, you know, a lot of fly tying videos as well. So it's kind of been cool to see that as well. Well, you know, you, you might keep anglers off the water for a short period of time but you're not going to keep them from being interested and in, in no, wanting to yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> immerse themselves i'm sure there's a lot of interesting flies being uh, tied up right now and for who sure. knows what 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 that means for the future that's right <laughs> well and you know we have a, a platform on the yellow dog website called yellow dog tv that has hundreds of videos and tutorials and instructional pieces and interviews 
And we really kind of beefed that up and, and uh, have been pushing that out the last couple of weeks. And, and I think that's getting record numbers. I mean, people are stuck inside, but they want to, you know, they want to stay involved. You can always watch E.T. so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie, by the way. That's yeah, one right. of my favorites. Well, I, I want to thank you guys for being here today. It's a good conversation to have. And, um, you know, it's, it's an important conversation to have because we could, you know, continue to talk about, um, you know, amazing destinations and catching big fish. But, you know, the reality is we're dealing with something that is significant and serious and unprecedented right now. And so I appreciate you guys being willing to uh, sit down at, at recognized intervals outside here, but have this conversation with me. So yeah, Too bad we can't show everyone this setup right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, I know. We, we should get a picture and post that. But, uh, you know, in closing, I, I do want to share a few important thoughts for all of our listeners and for really everyone that cares about this sport and, and more importantly, the people whose livelihoods depend on this sport. You know, for those of you who are wondering what you can do to support the many lodges, guides, outfitters, lodge employees, booking agents, others in the world of fishing, there are a few simple and easy things that honestly will help. And, and I'll, I'll touch on three right there. First, we said it before, but be patient. Try to empathize with what the tourism, travel, and lodge industry, like so many other small businesses right now, what all of these people are going through. You know, refunds when it comes to trips are not going to be possible in so many cases, especially when a family-owned lodge received payment to reserve a trip many months in advance. We talked about that. You know, those funds have already been used for operations, guide salaries, payroll, equipment, and more. You know, future credits may be possible in some cases, but also be aware that, you know, trip rescheduling and rolling things over also creates the inability to book new business for the next season. So it's a tough tough situation for these lodges, guides, and outfitters to be in. And so number one, be patient. You know, number two, we said this a number of times, be kind. You know, we touched on this, but it's so important as the world continues to lose its mind and, and stress levels stay high. You know, everyone needs to remember that the vast majority of people that work in fly fishing are nice people. You know, everybody truly wants nothing more than to deliver positive experiences and solutions, great options whenever possible. But remember that, you know, when you're on a phone, on the phone dealing with a cancellation situation or a rebooking, you know, you're not talking to the cable company. You're not talking to some call center in a far off country with someone that, that doesn't really care and is just getting paid by the hour to, to listen to you complain. You know, you're talking to and working with the same people that you've always talked to and the, the ones that have always taken care of you. So keep that in mind and, and be kind. And finally, number three, be proactive. You know, don't be afraid to book your future trips. Now we talked about, you know, the gift cards for restaurants and what people are doing to support small businesses, but there is no reason that anglers can't be looking to schedule trips for the coming year. And, and even beyond that, you know, we all realize that this situation will pass and eventually the world will reopen. And just as your small local retailers you know, are encouraging people to, to stay involved and support those businesses, future bookings and future trip reservations and future guide days will help our industry more than you know. Well, that's it for this episode of Waypoints, the podcast that is 100% dedicated to travel, adventure, and exploration. As I said in our last program, we know that this is a very tough time for the travel industry and for small businesses everywhere. It's a confusing time to be a world traveler and we're all looking for answers. But remember the importance of keeping things in perspective and the importance of staying positive because in the end, we are all in this together. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the water.
This has been another episode of Waypoints, the podcast of fly fishing travel and adventure angling. Thank you for joining us and be sure to visit yellowdogflyfishing.com for more trip updates, travel news, expert advice, and adventure profiles. Thank you.